and welcome to the Laptop Empire show. Uh, today's topic, Bobby, you don't know what the topic is. No. Nope. I haven't told you. How do you feel about that? Like just I'm fine with it, dude. I feel like most of my life is like, I just show up to meetings now and I don't always know what they're about. And I just kind of, people just ask really me questions cool. and stuff. I kind yeah, I just kind of jump from meeting to meeting. So I don't know. Feel well, cool I wasn't, it. I wasn't trying to be like cryptic about it or anything. I just thought it would be good <laughs> to just, it was more like, Hey, I have an idea for a podcast. Let's roll with it. Like instead yeah. of us trying to struggle to figure out what the topic would be. Um, and I thought it'd be better just to get your kind of like off the cuff mm. thoughts instead of, uh, you know, instead of you like prepping your answers, right? Not that you would, but anyway, so yeah, today I really wanted to just talk about like content creation in general. And so for everybody watching this that like doesn't know you very well, like you're a blogger, mm -hmm. kind of a big deal, you know, like in the personal mm -hmm. finance space, would you, would you consider yourself a big deal in the personal finance space? I always tell people that you're like a hotshot. Uh, like, I don't, that's tough. I would, I would say I don't know what a big deal is anymore. I think when I started, I think there was like a time there where I, where I would have been like, yes, because there were, it, this was like, I started back in 2015 and it was, I don't know, there are way more personal finance personalities now. And so I think there are a lot of like, there's just so many good ones and they're, they're stretched out across so many different platforms now. So I'd say I'm like in a, an upper echelon in terms of just like success. Um, but at the same time, like there's so many TikTok people now, there's so many like YouTubers, like that stuff didn't exist when I started. So, <clears throat> so I would say I more like, like in the blogging ranks, like, yeah, I'd say so. I mean, I, yeah, I feel I'm like an OG now, which is kind of, I'm not even an OG, but like there was like waves of like Wait. the first blogs back in like, I don't know, 2010 or whatever that were personal finance sites. Most of them, many of them have sold, you know, for yeah. whatever multiple and moved on. Um, and then I kind of came in in an interesting time where like there was kind of like a millennial kind of resurgence in blogging, I guess, because like mm -hmm. blogging kind of like fell out of popularity and then it kind of came back. Uh, that's sort of when I jumped in. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I think out of that group of people, I've, I've done really well. Um, but I think since then, there's just been set, like the, the media landscape has changed so much and social media Completely. landscape has changed yeah. that much. Like, so yeah, it's weird. It's like, I think you can be, now it's different where it's like, if you were, when you were a personal finance blogger, you were like, like you were like in kind of an upper echelon. Now it's like, there's so many different lanes that like somebody could be a TikTok, like very famous TikTok star, but like nobody knows about them outside of that or right. similar with like YouTube and nobody knows about them outside of that. So I actually think that's part of the challenge of like what I'm trying to do now with Millennial Money Man is like, we've got this base, we have these readers, um, you know, we have a social media presence, but we haven't really stepped into like the new era of that. And so we're kind of, that's sure. kind of the next thing. Like, I feel like 
my goal has been product creation a lot of this year, kind of solidifying like what does the future look like? And then next year it's just gonna be audience, like just interesting as much audience building as we can do. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned like the changing landscape because I know you recently went to FinCon um, mm-hmm. and we had the conversation about that was the first time that you'd gone where video was huge there and how, mm-hmm. you know, they were the people that run the conference were saying like next year, video is going to kind of eclipse blogging where yeah. traditionally that was a blogger's conference. Um, yeah, hundred percent. Which is, it, yeah. which is really interesting. It is really interesting. I think, I think more of the sponsor money is certainly going to video now. Um, I think that that's the number one thing, but I don't think that people that make video are making the most money. Um, sure. I think that a lot of people have built out these really massive social media followings and they're, they're getting money from sponsors, but in terms of just like products or affiliate marketing and funnels and email marketing, a lot of them haven't really built that foundation. And I think they're kind of scrambling to do it now um, right. before reach dries up or what, you know, whatever. So Which, it's just a different, you know, I feel like the first time that you took me to FinCon, a lot of the bloggers outside <laughs> of that top group were, were in that spot. We're trying to figure that yeah. out. And I know that was like a big thing when we went and came in you were already there, but like us coming in as laptop empires, like it was kind of like, well, what the hell are y'all doing? Um, yeah. And th- there was a lot of that. Well, I, I bring this up because, and and I asked that question, I think you gave a really good answer on that, but you know, I remember I've been to FinCon with you twice. We went back to back years. And I remember that first year you were like, it was like you, you would, were just kind of had been discovered a little bit and people were yeah. like recognizing you. And then you were introducing me to people that you were like, this was the person I looked up to. This yeah, was the person yeah. that made me want to start doing this. And you had maybe the year prior or two years prior, you had had the opportunity to meet a lot of these people when you were like new and kind of start to get in that circle. But then by the time, the second time we went, you were like in the circle with the top group, mm-hmm. you know, you're in the masterminds in all of that. So um, you know, and I've gotten to meet a lot of really cool people through the blog and stuff. So anyway, that's just kind of like for the listeners, like kind of a background yeah. on like, Hey, this guy knows what he's talking about. Um, but it's interesting. Cause you know, as I've been kind of dipping back into YouTube and stuff this year, I've gone through some of those typical new creator things. Like how do you come up with ideas? Like how much should you niche? What should you be focusing on? How do you stay consistent? And all of those kind of things. And so I was thinking to myself, like, Hey, I know a guy that's been through all of that and figured it out and done successful and then scaled it at a pretty big level. So I thought that'd be a really interesting topic for us to talk about today. So, yeah, it's been, dude, it's been a journey though. I would say like, I mean, we're about to get, and I say we, because like, I'm really, I think the biggest difference between the last couple of years and like now I have a, like I have employees and stuff now. So it's, it's changed a lot in terms of like, it's not just about me anymore. Sure. Um, and I really don't want it to be about me as much. I want it to be uh, like, we're going to be approaching social media and uh, we're approaching our products and everything with more of like a team focus. I'm not going to be the only voice. Um, you know, we're going to, I got like really inspired by, I don't know, inspired, I'm really influenced, I guess, by the Barstool sports model. And I've talked to you about that a ton. And I'm sure like sure. my team yeah. is tired about hearing about it as well. But I just kind of want to, t- I wanted to take that approach because I look at, if you look at like Dave Portnoy, uh, kind of weird dude has done a lot of crazy stuff, but he's also worth half a billion dollars. Right. And it's like, so how did this guy 
that was basically like started a blog, how did it become worth half a billion dollars? And he, I think what it is, is like he tapped into the idea of talent and he wanted to compete against ESPN and he wanted to compete against these like larger media corporations. So how do you do that? And it's, you can't just make it about you. It's not scalable that way. You have to find talent. You have to give them an avenue to create content, create value, and then right. support the ones that are winners, right? And so, that, so that's kind of what they do. Like I've been like really trying to study what they do a lot. And like, I'm trying to adopt a lot of that with what we do at Millennial Money Man. Like we are going to have multiple podcasts. We're going to have multiple shows. We've been talking about that where, you know, some employees are going to start shows together or they might start stuff on their own. And we're just going to see kind of what works and what doesn't. Um, and I'll, of course, do content as well. But that's going to be kind of like the new approach that we're taking towards social media. Um, because I just don't think I can do it on my own anymore. I've never really wanted to anyway, but sure. I don't think that it's like a scalable thing. And I think that I would become a bottleneck for my employees, which is not like there's a lot more pressure to not be a bottleneck than I've ever had before. And so that's kind of like, yeah, I can kind of turn around and be like, okay, cool. Well, you guys figure it out, you know, and I'll, we'll, I'll guide it. Yeah, man, it's really interesting. And I know we've talked a lot about that with laptop empires as well. And with the brand, but you yeah. know, then on the flip side, like I think big thing, you know, that I've thought about is. I really built my entire business without creating content, without building an audience and those kind of things. And I feel like now, like one of the reasons that I stepped into trying to do that is because you're kind of dead in the water if you don't have an audience. If you don't have yeah. lead flow, if you don't have that kind of stuff, like there yeah. are ways to do it, but it's all hustle and grind. And so to me, it's like, I would rather spend a little bit of time again, you know, when I, now that I have the time to hustle to build something to build assets like videos on YouTube that are going to create traffic and you know create that engine you know for the future um but i definitely you know i totally get what you're you're saying about like hey the stage of life that we're in with multiple businesses with clients and students to take care of with employees to take care of with kids yeah. there's literally only so much we can do like this is really a young person's game, single person's <laughs> game truly is. Yeah. It's, um, it kind of is. Yeah. You know, and you think about like, I always think about, man, like that there's a reason that these big time creators that blow up when they're in like high school or when they're in college, but don't want to be in college and they're just there because their parents made them. It's because they have all the time in the world. So they're literally able to outgrind everybody that has a normal adult life. So um, <laughs> it is like, I, I think it's a smart move, um, kind of leveraging the team, taking advantage of what we have right now, which is maybe not as much time, but we have the, the income, we have the money yeah. to, to put back into it. And really that's what you have, right? Like you can invest time, you can invest money. Yeah. Well, I just feel like, uh, it's like, yeah, I can't maybe from an hour standpoint, I don't know. I've been thinking about this a lot too. It's like, I don't, I can't outwork maybe somebody that's like 24, 25 years old that only does YouTube videos or TikTok videos all day long. Sure. And that's their entire life. But I mean, I can outwork them if I've got five people working for me and right. doing the content instead, like I can leverage other people's time. And, and so that's kind of the approach that I'm trying to take because I just don't think I, I know I can't sit there. Like I did some TikTok videos. I did 12 TikTok videos um, and two of them did pretty well. And I was like, man, I could actually probably be pretty good at this, but just even like the mental energy of like, okay, what do I do? Like, how, what am I supposed to be doing sure. here? Like if, if I, so the goal is like, I'm not going to be the only person that's doing the TikTok and the YouTube stuff on the channel or whatever, but like, 
it, I want a prompt, like, give me a prompt. I'll do the thing, you know? And, and if I have to do X amount of videos per week, that's fine. Build it into my schedule. Um, but it's gotta be more like that. And less me like sitting there and like pondering, like, what am I going to talk about in this TikTok right. thing? Um, right. Especially cause so much of it about it is like, you have no idea what's going to go viral at all. You don't know what's going to, what's going to hit. So I think you just got to take a lot of shots anyway. So I'm just doing that with multiple people. And I, it was crazy about employees. Hopefully they don't watch this. They can't re- like, they can't really say no, like they kind of can, <laughs> but they can't really, you know? So like, uh, you know, when I talked to the team about it the other day, I was like, Hey, we've, we're putting together a social media strategy and we're going full black. Like next year is like the year of the audience building. Uh, and I was like, I was like, Ariel, she's my uh, head of content. I was like, Ariel, like you're going to do TikToks and it, cause she's going to be great at it. But it's like, you're going to do TikTok she videos and it. YouTube stuff and all this stuff. And she was just kind of like, okay, <laughs> not that, you know, but that's, but I think I feel like my new role is to like push people out of their comfort zone yep. and push people into doing something that I think they're going to be good at. You know, I'm not going to put people in it like a, like they're going to suck on video and I'm not going to make them do stuff. But like, right. I see somebody that's good. It's like, Hey, you need to do this to help grow the company. And my kind of vision with it is as we hire more people, like I want to bring people in that can, we'll probably end up having like a content team and a non-content team, like operations team eventually. But I want people that can do content, you know, and whatever that means, podcast, video, blog, it doesn't really matter, you know? Well, and the, the idea too, with Barstool, I mean, they kind of have two types of people. They have just the talent. They're literally recruiting the talent. They're bringing somebody in like the one, you know, I know the best probably just because I, somebody I follow and like is like Pat McAfee. Like Mm -hmm. he started off with Barstool, you know, they weren't hiring Pat McAfee to do work, you know, in the company, they were hiring him to be Pat McAfee and his buddies talking sports as a former professional athlete. And he's turned it into his own huge thing. Um, but then you have people that come in and it's like, they have a role in the company, but then they're able to pitch content, pitch shows, pitch different things, um, you know? And so like, that's kind of an interesting thing. You can have both of those going on there, but then it gives you this like leg up as a content Mm -hmm. creator of like, you're not starting from scratch. You're going on to the big platform. You're being pushed by the big platform, the email list, the social media accounts, all of those kind of things to help you get that initial boost. And then, you know, the other thing they're doing is like, they're treating it. I always think of it as like a sports team, right? They're bringing in the young talent. They're putting them out there, seeing what they can do. Do they have, do they actually have the talent? Do they actually have the discipline, you know, and the work ethic that goes with that? And then they do well or they don't, they become a franchise player or they, you know, are let go, you know, and then they still have gained something and they have that audience and it makes them to be able to be more successful on their own. Maybe they're just not successful with that team or they become so big and they don't want to be the franchise player. They want to look elsewhere. They want to get their own contract, right? And like, that's the yeah. environment that they've created there, which is really interesting. I think it's interesting. And I think I think the hardest part of it is identifying the talent. And that's what I do think from what I understand, like Dave Portnoy, is the, that's what he's great at. And probably, mm-hmm. you know, obviously a good businessman, but like he's great at identifying the talent. Because um, like Alex Cooper, the, she does the Call Her Daddy, call, yeah, right? Call Her Daddy podcast. You might not know that one. I don't know that one. Uh, I mean, I know that I know the name of yeah. the podcast, but I've never listened to her or anything. So it's like wildly popular. And they hired her initially. Um, he, they hired her for 70 grand a year on a three-year contract. Um, and she did the Call Her Daddy podcast. And then Spotify 
basically made her an offer. Uh, she she left for Spotify for sixty million over three years. Like that's Crazy. how you know. But I feel like if you have now, I'm not. I don't think that there's. Well, actually, I'm not going to say that. I don't know if that would happen in a personal finance setting, but. I think that if you are finding people and you're paying them like a reasonable salary um, and then they can create some type of asset that brings tons of, of viewers and attention to the business, like they should be really well rewarded for that by the time that, that their contract's done. So that's something I've been thinking about a lot too. I don't know if we're going to like totally do that model, but we're I'm, I'm trying to pick pieces out of it that I think makes sense for a personal finance site. Yeah. Um, What's great about it is it gives them something they don't have to help them get started, but it grows your brand as well. Yeah. Right. And then it's a win-win. And then if they go big, big, then they can leave, but you still had that benefit. You still have that relationship, which is kind of cool. So I think, honestly, I think this is a really great conversation too, even as we get more into that, it's like another show. Um, But I do want to kind of bring it back now to like, the person that's most likely listening to this, which is probably the solo <laughs> creator, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and and kind of getting started with them. And so, you know, I have some questions that I think people would want to know, but I'm did curious, I go like, like super far. I went super far outside. You of did, what? but that's like <laughs> sorry, you know, that's like the My point. Bad. Like, I don't think it's this is good. I think people are gonna find that this is what I think this is gonna be a cool episode now. It's because they're gonna be like, Wow, that shit was fascinating. Can you say yeah. that on on YouTube, can you curse? I don't, I don't actually know the rules there. I think and you can on podcasts, uh, but I don't know. We'll have to figure that out. So, um, but you know, I know that that's um, it's going to be really interesting. Like, wow, that was like fascinating. It's I want to do that. Like, that's cool. Or just yeah, like learning yeah. something new. New, but I want to get to the. You know, my original idea was like the for the listener to go. Like, how do I apply <laughs> this? How do I do this? How do I get results? How do I get to Bobby level where I can have a team, even consider have a team? You know, to do content, mm-hmm. and so. Like I said, I've got some questions, but I mean, do you have any like, just like off the cuff, like if you were just starting this show and you're like, Hey, I'm talking to that new creator, the YouTuber, the let's, let's start, let's start with, let's just like talk. Like if it's new YouTuber or blogger, let's start there because I feel like those are still a little bit different than the TikToker, this other, so, you know, the other social media type stuff, even the podcast thing, like they're more of the content generating traffic they're they're similar when it comes yeah. to seo and those kind of things but but just in general if you're a content creator like what's your starting like hey kid let me tell you how to start off right i don't know i feel like i could answer this in two different ways uh i feel like now i would say something along the lines of like you need a pretty fleshed out strategy just to save time so like like if you're starting from scratch and let's say you're doing it from YouTube, like have a keyword strategy, have like really think about what your channel is going to be about. Um, and, and don't just create like tons of content on different topics. Um, you know, keep it more focused on like the actual topic you're going to cover. Cause like a lot of new people tend to do like four or five different, totally different topics. And I think when it comes to like Google or YouTube, it just makes it hard for those sites, those businesses to figure out what you're about and, and start indexing you and all that. But on the flip side, I'd also say to like a brand new person, if you're not doing it the way that like I did it, or maybe even you did it, where like, if you're just doing it to see if it's something you want to do or doing it, like you have a business plan, but it's a side hustle at first, you don't need to live on it. I would kind of just create a bunch of different kinds of content because I've found over the years, like 
what I like doing and what I don't like doing. And I, I think like, if you find something you really like doing and you lean into that, like, let's say you do like review videos and you do reaction videos. Like mm -hmm. if you, if you love doing reaction videos and reviews just kind of suck, but you do them because you think you're going to make money. I don't think you're going to go very far, but I think if you lean into the the reaction videos and you just like do that and you do it at a really, really high level for a long time and figure out like how to perfect that craft, I think you're going to blow up a lot faster. So it's like, there's a lot of, I guess there's a lot of different ways to approach this stuff, but I, I do think like the number one thing I'd say is like, do you got to do something that you like doing? Cause you're going to put the most energy into it. And if you're just doing stuff to make money, that kind of sucks. Like it, you don't, I don't yeah. think you go as far, you know? No, I think that's good. That's good advice. You know, and it's, we live in this crazy world where like, if you are really into something and you're going to spend all of your time doing that thing anyway, like why not do it in a productive way that, where it could actually become your job one day? Like if you are super into sports or sports gambling or fishing or whatever, right? Like if you're like, here's an example, like I'm, you know, this, like I'm big time sports fan, mostly like A&M sports. And I do, I sit, I, I have radio going every day. I listen to like a couple hours of sports radio every single day. You know, I follow college football recruiting. I watch all the games, like I'm really into all that kind of stuff. Now I have my own thing going on, so I don't need to do this, but right. you know, there's a lot of people that have made a living that have just said, Hey, this is my team. I'm really passionate about it. I'm going to follow all the forums. I'm going to follow everything on social media. I'm going to do all this anyway. Why not just start releasing commentary on it? Why not just start creating content on it and being a bigger part of that discussion? And then like, if it takes off, like you might be able to make $7,500,000 a year talking yeah. about the thing that you want to talk about all the damn time anyway. So, yeah. you know, I think there's, there's really something to that, like doing what you like. Well, I think. I think there is now, especially because there's so many ways to make money, just doing stuff you like, like, mm -hmm. even if it's, a, if whether it's a hundred, like a hundred thousand a year or millions per year, like, I think that, I think that leaning into something that you love doing and like, you're actually, you enjoy creating content or you enjoy like doing whatever that pursuit is. Like, I think that people kind of recognize excellence, um, cause there's so much garbage out there. And so like, if you're, I don't know if you're Logan Paul and you're doing like prank videos, but you're really freaking good at them. Like people see that and because it's entertaining to them. Sure. Um, and I, and I just think like, dude, there's a lady on YouTube that makes millions of dollars per year making slime, but it's fun. Like she seems I like she has a lot of fun doing it. Yeah. She's got her own, like you can buy it in stores through Nickelodeon and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like if you, if you find something, you're like, man, I really like doing this. Even if it seems like something stupid and you just like really do that well, and like lean right. into that, you're going to have like endless energy. You're going to just, you're always going to mm -hmm. be up for doing it. And there's always some way now to make money. You can like sell merch and you can sell products. You can sell advertising. Like, I don't know, you find, but I think what you said earlier is true. Like the audience is the key. And that's why I've been so focused on audience for this next year. Cause like we have products and we have funnels and we have great stuff that I think we're building, but I've seen so many people with massive audiences get away with such crappy funnels and crappy marketing yep. and still make a ton of money because at the end of the day, they're just stuffing so many people on the top of the funnel. So right. 
like you got, if you can do both, that's great. And that's kind of what you, you and I have always talked about, like merging our worlds. Like at least yeah. when we started working together, it was like the internet marketing world. Like we have the most optimized funnel and products and sales and marketing, but yeah. we have no audience. We're totally reliant on paid traffic. And then in your world, it was like, we have all this traffic, all of this content and are totally missing out on how much money we could be making because we don't know how to properly monetize it. So it's really like being able to bring those two things together. But I do think yeah. like the great thing about audiences, no matter what you do, you have audience. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. And it's just easier to build one right now than it will be. Like, I'm sure we're, I don't know. I think there's probably a window of two, three more years. It depends on the platform and everything, but like right. to really get a foothold and it's going to come in waves. And it's just like what I said earlier with blogging, like there was like an initial wave of blogging and then it kind of like got you sure. know, cooled off and then another wave and like as technology improves and like the way that you can reach people and companies that give you the ability to reach people, like there's going to, that's going to happen, but it seems to come in these kind of like waves. And I just think we're in one well, right now with video. I want to talk about that really quickly because I want, if you're listening to this and you're trying to understand why are we saying like, this is the opportunity, there's never been a better opportunity because that sounds like such sales and marketing <laughs> bullshit. Like you, yeah. there's never been a better opportunity to become a blogger. There's never been a better opportunity to do drop shipping, like whatever, like you hear that all the time, but you know, we've been doing this since 2013, 2014, 2015. 2015. Yeah. And during that time, we've seen where it's like, there are certain platforms where it's like, you can grow like crazy. And then one day you can't grow at all. Like, and I remember us with laptop empires, we're like, we are going to kind of maybe lean into Instagram and we did it too late. And it was like, after a couple of months, we realized like, oh, this opportunity is over. Like <laughs> it's yeah. not, it's not there. And, you know, I think one of the biggest examples that at least the, the one that stuck out to me the most was Facebook, like Facebook pages. It used to be, you would do everything you could to get likes on a page. Cause if you posted a piece of content, every single person that liked the page, they got right. notified, they got to see that content. And then that started to go away until you got to a point where it was like 1% of the people on your page actually saw your content, if not less. And every platform does that. They, they gift you crazy ability to grow crazy views. And then they squash that reach after they've gotten you hooked. And now you have to pay to play and you have to run ads. And so when we're talking about, and this happens, every platform it happened with Facebook, it happened with, uh, you know, with, with, uh, Instagram, like it happens with everything. And so when we're talking about this opportunity, it's because right now there's just so many ways to grow because you, YouTube, there's more competition. There's more people that want to do that, but it's not so SEO keyword heavy as it used to be. You can get that virality. Then there's shorts, right? Which is going to be like TikTok, right? So you've got shorts, TikTok, Instagram reels, um, with Instagram reels probably being at the bottom of that. And then all of a sudden there's a resurgence on Facebook with Facebook reels. There's just so many places. And then podcasts are getting easier to, to grow now too, as that's becoming more of the culture. Yeah. Um, so it's like, you really have so many opportunities that you can grow an audience where if we go back a year or two, it felt like opportunities were non-existent or else yeah. it was going to be, I'm starting today because it's going to be two years before I see results. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I, um, I saw a, something on Instagram from Frank Kern today and he was, and this is like, I'm summarizing somebody that summarized somebody. So 
take that with a grain of salt, but <laughs> he was, uh, he was summarizing something that he got from Gary V's podcast, uh, where Gary was talking about that idea of like, that these social media platforms actually squash the reach. And he said that that's not true, which I've never heard that before. And I don't know how he, I'm assuming he's pretty plugged into these companies and I don't know how much of this is true or not, but he was saying that what the reason it really happens is because it's a supply and demand issue. Like these companies create this opportunity and then you get so many content creators that jump in because they're trying to get as much reach as possible. And then the algorithm just can't keep up and it can't promote like sure. then the reach starts to go down naturally and when that happens because there's so much popularity on the platform the only way that people can continue to get reach is by a paid method that kind of cuts through the natural al algorithm so i don't know i mean it's kind of like a semantics thing it's like do they squash it or is the business model to let it naturally atrophy until you have to do paid but you know, i think it's, it's probably somewhere in the middle because probably. i've also heard of people that have like actually been to facebook headquarters and like talk to them where they're like no we've reduced you yeah. know pages because we don't like blah 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 blah. but mm -hmm. i think that what you said ties into like what you're seeing now on face on facebook because they've said that a lot of the big companies have like bigger companies like target <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, Nike, whatever, like that kind of stuff are advertising on that platform less than they were. And so there is more real estate than there was. And that's part of why, like, when you think about reels going off, like it's a combination of them trying to keep up with TikTok and there's more real estate. You know, I had yeah. one of my clients reach out to me the other day and he's like, I'm getting more organic traffic than I can ever remember on fa my Facebook page right now. It's crazy. Right. And that's, yeah. A lot of people have stopped doing it. Like people, there was a period where it was like, no, there's no point in posting on your Facebook page. Yeah. Like, so well, it, they're about to go back. That was, it's really interesting too. Like, you know, the, going back to what you were saying about, there's like, there's a lot of opportunities, there's a lot of different platforms. Like the, the thing that I've realized now that I wish I had kind of realized back then, like the reason that these opportunities kind of present themselves and why every platform all of a sudden has the ability to, to create these short form videos and like, the like infrastructure keeps getting better. Like 10 years ago, there wasn't enough bandwidth. Like you, their internet wasn't good enough to upload sure. videos like this. Right. So you could do words on a blog. And then once it got a little better, then you could do pictures on Instagram. And then once it got a little bit better, you could start doing reels. Right. But then now it's like to the point where internet is generally way better than it used to be. So everybody can like create these short form videos and long form videos and sure. all that and upload it very quickly. I don't know what the next progression of that is. I think it actually is probably something to do with probably like the metaverse or something like that. But we're just in this technological period right now where it's like, now there's this ability and all of these companies have the ability to offer the solution. And so I think you just got to kind of take, take advantage of it now, you know? Yeah. So kind of going back to what you were talking about earlier with niching down. Mm. Um, so if you're getting started, like you said, if you're just, if you, I liked what you said about like, if you, if you're just doing this and you're trying to see if you like it, trying to decide if I want to be a YouTuber, like try a vlog, try a reaction, try a review, try a talking head video, like try the different things, try the different topics to see what you like. Right. Yeah. I think that's good advice. Um, but it's interesting. I, I do want to hear more of your thoughts on the niching because I know, um, for me, like I think about the Laptop Empires channel when that first started, and it was just like talking randomly about all the different things, like whatever idea. Mm -hmm. And so when I started doing my channel, I was like, I'm going to be more specific. 
right? I'm going to focus more on courses and code, like the marketing kind of stuff. And um, one of the things that, because I was trying to not be everywhere. And I think I've kind of gotten to the point now where my view on it is almost like, instead of just trying to like own that little keyword bubble, which is kind mm -hmm. of limiting, I'm trying to think of it more as like, who is the person that I want to talk to? And like, what are the things they're interested in? And that shift I has made it where it was like, it's made it easier for me to come up with content ideas. Because if I'm thinking of somebody and it's more like, okay, well, this person is interested in growing their audience, growing their email list, getting more sales, coming up with offers and, you know, like all of these related things that I can talk on, right? But it's not just like, here's how to create a course. Here's how yeah. to run a launch, right? Like to me that, I don't know if that's the right answer, but it kind of goes to what you were saying about having fun. I've kind of made the mental shift of like, that's how I'm going to go about it just because I think it's more freeing and it gives me more flexibility with ideas, but it's more pulled together than what the LE channel used to be. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, that makes like, sense. and so I think it was almost like too random, too closed off. And now it's like focused, but with multiple things. And then I'll see what works, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's just such a tough thing because there's so many different, I don't know, I've, I've changed my mind on how I would do this over the years, like many times. Like I would have thought like, no, sure. you need to be, you know, you just create whatever. And then like whatever, and, and I do believe that. Like, I think if you're just starting out and you're just trying to figure out what you enjoy doing, but I think that the moment you figure out what you enjoy doing, then I think you very quickly after that need to figure out, I think you need to kind of create a vision for what you want it to be. Like, what's the end goal? Uh, and I think you have to be really like specific about that. And if like, I don't know, for you, I would get, I don't know if you wanted to do something like this, like I want to be the top, you know, creator, or the top resource for going courses and all that kind of stuff. And like, have this like very clear vision of like where you're going to be, what kind of money you want to make, like how you want your audience to look. I think you have to stick to that vision, but then you have to be really flexible about how you get to that vision along the way, because you have to test a bunch of different things and try a bunch of different things. But I think as long as you keep the like North star, then you'll be successful. Um, and I wish I could say that's something I came up with on my own, but it's actually, I heard that from Steve jobs. <laughs> like he was talking about how to run a company um, and how to like be an effective leader. And his thing was like, your, your job as a leader is to have the vision and to maintain the vision and push the team to get to the vision, but also allow the way that you get there to be flexible and change as, as you find, as you learn things. And I think that's kind of the same thing with like building, like if a you find a better path, you need to be not stubborn. You need to switch paths. Yeah. As long as it doesn't change the, the vision necessarily, unless you've run into a true dead end, like they wanted to, you know, they wanted to be the best computer company. Like they could have veered off probably into a bunch of other stuff. And they probably ran in mm -hmm. all these roadblocks when they tried things and it didn't work, but like he kept the North stars, like, we're going to be the best company for this, you know, segment. And as long as you do that, you'll find a way to get there naturally. As long as you're like open to like going, eh, that's not working. Let's shift to something else. I think where people get in trouble is like, they either don't have enough vision for what they want it to turn into. So they just kind of wander for a long time or they have a vision, but they're not willing to change off of the path that they took to get to that vision because they're like, oh, well, this is going to work, you know, or we, we've, and you and I've done that. It, it left sure. empires at times with products and stuff. It's like, no, we feel like this is going to work. And we kept pushing and kept pushing. And then like, ultimately something doesn't work. Right. And I think that right. what I've learned through all of those things is like, 
got to have the vision, but just be willing to change strategy very quickly as needed if it's not working. But you got to maintain the vision or you won't get there. And that's a tough balance because people will bounce around and will Mm -hmm. quit too early as well. And I think people probably, I think you and I are both stubborn. And so we tend to go (laughs) further and, and try to make things work. Whereas I think the more common problem is like, okay, I built that funnel and it didn't work onto the next product instead of like figuring out what's wrong with the product or the offer. Yeah. Um, Yeah. No, that's really interesting. So I, I think for like, so when you, so when you quit your job with mm-hmm. $3, yeah, stupid with your blog, <laughs> yeah, you, I mean, you were basically like, Hey, I want to teach kids. I want to teach people my age and younger about money and I enjoy. And then, but I'm sure there was also an element of like, I want to be like a, like a successful blogger, right? Like you just went into it almost like this is what I want to be a blogger. No, not really. I didn't want to, I didn't want to be a blogger. And like, it's an interesting thing. Cause like, yes, I have a blog, but I don't really consider, and I think this is going to change more next year, but like, we're definitely turning into more of a media company very quickly. And especially next year when we move in all these well, other media platforms, but I didn't go into about it wanting when to be a blogger. Started though. Okay. Yeah. I didn't go into it wanting to be a blogger necessarily. I went into it with, I wanted to help people with personal finances, specifically student loans back then, because I, I just, I would have never, I I mean, I just kind of fell into a situation where I had a a friend that told me like, Hey, pay off your student loans. Here's how you do it. Like a lot of people wander through life and like not wander through, they go through life and they're like, there's a, there's this underlying stress about money that never goes away and they don't Mm -hmm. know how to fix it. And they just suffer with it for their entire lives. And like, I hated, I hated waking up every day and going to my teaching job and going to my teaching job because I had to, because I had these student loans that I had to pay off. Like you're just Mm -hmm. trapped. I I was trapped. I hated feeling that. So I, my goal was like, I want to help people not feel that. And I want to help people with money, but I didn't know how I was going to get there. Um, I just happened to see the blogging thing is like, okay, this is a way I can do it. Uh, Originally I was going to do seminars. Like I was going to travel around a different seminars and teach high school kids yeah, like how to do money. Yeah. But ultimately it was like, I wanted to help people with money. What I've struggled with and where I finally feel like I've found clarity over the years is like, I didn't know if I wanted to be like a the Dave Ramsey, like the next kind of like Dave Ramsey type of person where I'm like this expert on money and I'm like this talking head. Or if I wanted to have more of like a media site where I'm just, I own it. Like that. that's where I've kind of really like, had a lot of, I've had to think a lot about what I want to do. And now I've kind of figured out, like, I I want to have a media company where I'm a part of it. Um, but I'm not the part of it. Um, and and the main thing. And so now that I've kind of figured that out, it's very easy to, to build toward that, but I didn't want to be a, a blogger necessarily at all. Like I just, I was pretty good at writing and I wanted to help people with personal finance and it just happened to kind of go that way. Yeah, I, I knew about the seminars early on. I just meant like I felt like there was a point where it was like, you know, if people asked you what you did, I'm a blocker, right? And the goal yeah. was building your traffic, building your affiliate income, building your sponsorships, building your income in general. Like I just want to yeah. help people, man. I know it's kind of a vague answer, but I want to help people not I I dude, I specifically remember that feeling of like when I woke up, what that feeling mm-hmm. was like. And I was like, 
I hate this. Like I hate, I hate my life. Like, and I, and I didn't like hate it in like a deep way, but I was like, I hate this moment <laughs> right now. Like I hate yeah. what I'm doing with my life. And so then I was just like, how can I help other people not do that? Yeah, and I think that's why it's like gravitated toward more like freelancing courses and, um, you know, finding, we, we don't do a lot of like online survey stuff or anymore. Like we're trying to do stuff that's actually going to like help people in a deep way. Um, but yeah, I mean, the blog thing is just, was just a part of it. And I, I don't think that I definitely didn't want to be like a personal finance personality. Cause I think there's like a lot of downside to doing that, you know? Sure. Um, I did want the freedom though. That was the other part I was going to talk about before I kind of went off on a tangent. I wanted, I thought that I wanted to be free from having to work like in a job, like I was working because of the teaching job I had was such a high stress environment. It sucks so much. Sure. So I wanted like freedom and then I got that and I was like, well, I actually don't want that. <laughs> like, and so that's why now I'm kind of going the other way where I'm hiring employees and, you know, I don't have necessarily as much free time as I used to, but I used to sit around in coffee shops and like do nothing all the time and just write, you know, and that sounds like right. a perfect life, but I hated it. So it, right. I think for me, it's like, it goes back to the vision thing. It's always been, how do I help people? I just didn't know how to get there. And now I feel like I'm finally figuring out how to get there. And I think that's a really important thing for people to realize too, like, it's 2022 when we're recording this. So you went seven years mm -hmm. of just like, what do I want to be when I grow up? Like, how do I want to do this? What do I want my life to look like? And you've grown enough and had the audience and made the money where you've been able to try different things and experiment with different things and like figure out what it is like that you want, you know, and you and I have those conversations all the time about like, okay, we're probably never going to be able to retire because we're not going to want to just like, you know, do whatever retired people do. We're going to want to stay active and like, we enjoy having the business It might change over time. But like right now it's really like, okay, well, how do we want to spend our days? What are the things that we want to be doing? Like how do, you know, what, how do we want the business to look like? How do we want our role in the business to look like, you know, yeah. we talk about that stuff a lot all the time. So like, if you're getting into this like content creation game, like you want to get, be effective, you want to grow your audience. You know, I think the big thing, and this was not what I was expecting to come out of this podcast, but for y'all to take away is like, there's so many ways to do it and there's, it can look a lot of different ways and you, you aren't ever stuck into one thing. And I've learned that through my own journey of just like, I feel like there's been this pivot in my career every mm -hmm. couple of years since I started online, um, that generally for me is gone from like, I do a thing and then like people want, like, how do I do that? And then I start helping them do that. And I just keep going. And then I've found what I like. Right. And then like you yeah. talking about like how you structure your business and your work, like, I don't want to just sit in coffee shops, you know, and all of that. It's more of like, I want to be, have the team environment. I want to be building this company. I want to go bigger. You know, I want to like, just go golf when I want to, but not necessarily like, always be golfing and, you know, and then writing a little bit here and there. Yeah. Like there's this, this, like we're wired to where there has to be, it's kind of like some people with video games, they got to go do that grind and they've got to keep getting, like, we've got to keep moving the whole post, keep growing, keep reaching that next level. Like that's yeah. kind of what's wired in us. That's not what's wired in everybody though. And that's no, okay. No. So, and you don't have to know that right out. Like the point is like, go do the best that you can grow the thing and then you'll figure it out as you go. New opportunities yeah. will come up. You'll try things and and you'll do something. Go, oh, I liked that. Oh, I didn't like that. I thought I would yeah. like that. <laughs> it didn't, you know? Yeah. Um, so don't put that kind of pressure on yourself. Um, 
just kind of the getting now to like the things that like I did want to ask, like, you know, what, what are you, would you say to people when they're just like, like coming up with content ideas? I feel like that's something that never 100% goes away, like never gets easier. And especially as like the more, you know, the harder it can become in some ways, because you start to think about algorithms and SEO and all of these different things versus like when you're first starting out, it's like, oh, I have an idea about blah, 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 blah. I'm just going to create it because I'm excited. Like, what would you say to these creators that's just them and they're trying to build their blog, their YouTube channel, their social media, their podcast, whatever, when it comes to just like filling up that content calendar, coming up with content ideas that are actually going to build their audience and build their brand? Yeah, this is another tough one, man. Uh, I... It's kind of, I, I do think if you decide like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I think you have to, I actually think you have to be pretty strategic. Like I, mm -hmm. I think the, the thing that I've noticed over the years um, as like my stuff's grown and like, I've figured out more things is just that there are no matter what level of strategy you implement, like there's somebody that's either outworking you or out strategizing you. And so I think a lot of people shy away from like, I don't want to do all the keyword research and I don't want to do all the things and all the testing and all of that. But like, if you don't do it, somebody else is doing it. And they're, especially when it comes to content, like, and especially when it comes to like ranking content. And I think that's kind of a big differentiator. Um, like in Google, there's only so many spots on the first page. And so we have to be very strategic about how we approach that. And I've spent a ton of money doing that, you know, being strategic and bringing people in and uh, time and effort and it's hard. Uh, and I think the same thing's true of YouTube in, in a lot of ways. If you're trying to rank for a specific keyword, I think it's different when you talk about the social media platforms. I think there's a little bit more freedom to be able to create different types of content and just see what works. Um, but if you are like, if you're trying to be like a, a niche website, a niche website, whatever, if you're trying to be that on Google, or you're trying to like compete against the top, whatever in a specific category on YouTube or Google, like you do have to be really specific and you do have to be, uh, you have to be very intentional about the keywords you're going after and the technical, um, you know, if it's a website, like it, it's gotta be technically done well, um, from a coding standpoint, like there, you have to put the work in on those things. So I don't know if that's like a great answer, but you just have to assume somebody's going to outwork you and out strategize you. And outspend you a lot of times too. So if you're trying to figure out, you know, that kind of stuff, are you brainstorming ideas and going and seeing where the keyword opportunity is, or are you straight up starting with keyword research and building from that? Like, yeah, I would, if, if I'm doing a ranking style, okay. I, and I think it's kind of important to differentiate between those two things. Like if I'm doing, if I'm trying to rank for something, yeah, I think you, you have to start, if I could start all, all over again. I would have started with a clear keyword strategy um, in a in a very clear structure. And like I would have basically put together an entire plan for I need these pieces of content to fill out this, you know, fill out this spot that I want to occupy with my brand. Um, and then I would have just basically after I figured out that strategy, I would just acted on that. I did it differently where I kind of just did a bunch of random stuff and then kind of figured out how SEO worked. And then like, ha I've had to redo the website multiple times. We've had to cut out thousands of pieces of content. Like I just paid, you know, 40, $50,000 to redo the website again, to be more competitive. Like there's all these things that I've had to do where I probably could have avoided a lot of that. If I just started out being really strategic. strategic and, from the 
Yeah. And do so, like the, the busy work that most people don't want to do. Cause I didn't want to do that either. So I think it's really interesting. You talked about like laying out the framework of like the area that you want to occupy. And I think mm-hmm. that that's probably relevant, whether you are doing something search-based or you're yeah. just trying to fill out a specific niche. So how do you go about that? Like, I, I want to occupy this area and then creating that content. Is that as simple as just like identifying, like, these are all of the things that are covered in that space and then just creating content on all of them. And then you start over and do it again. Like, and try, I know it's, di- well, and this is the other thing. It's different with blogging versus yeah. say YouTube, because with a blog, yeah. like I've seen how you're like, we created this content, this article for this particular keyword and it wasn't where we needed it. So we've restructured it. We've made it better. You're constantly improving the one piece to stay at the top or get to the top and stay at the top. Whereas like with video, you create it, that worked or didn't work. You have to figure out why it didn't work, how to improve it. And then you got to do it again. So, but, but just as far as that, like owning that space, how would a beginner go about doing that? If you're, well, I think you have to determine like what you know, kind of goes back to the vision part of it, but I think you have to determine what do you want to be? Like, what do you want your brand to be? And when I say that, I mean, like in personal finance, I could be a personal finance site. It's really broad though. Like there's a lot of personal finance sites and a lot of them don't, almost none of them. NerdWallet is basically the only one that can get away with just ranking for everything because they have such a high domain authority. Um, so I decided, what am I? What are we trying to do? We're trying to help people make more money. So we want to be a make money site, right? So we picked that kind of category within personal finance, and then it's really comes down to, okay, cool. Who else is a make make money site? So you do competitor research. You have to do really thorough competitor research, and you figure out how did they get to be at the top of what they did, and so then you start to see these patterns of like, okay, well, you know, we can create content on this subcategory. Like for us, we do freelancing, online business. Um, actually, we're doing freelancing, online business, passive income, and side hustles. Uh, and that makes sense because we can compete on those keywords. Um, it's like, I don't want to get too deep into the tech technical side of this, but mm-hmm. you have to kind of identify like where can we compete within the area that we want to compete? Because okay. I can't go and compete with... I'm just going to say nerd wallet again, because it's so freaking hard to compete with them. I can't compete with them on every investing article that they have, but there's a lot of ones that are too small for them to care about or put resources into, or they don't need to, because they rank for such high volume stuff. And there's always these pockets where it's like, when you do that competitor research, you find these areas where it's like, oh man, this is weak. We can fill that void. Um, Or, you know, this is like going to be kind of tough, but we can realistically get there. And so over time, it's like if you if you rank um, if you rank for those things that you, that there's a pocket in the competition, then you get a little bit of a foothold. And once you get a little bit of a foothold, then more people are likely to link to you. And then you mm-hmm. it kind of it's uh, Grant uh, Sabati said this to me a long time ago, and I didn't realize like how smart this was when he said it. Um, but he told me like six years ago that SEO is like the compound interest of the internet. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, that's kind of weird. I didn't really quite understand that. But it's true because if even if you're able to rank for one small keyword of a thing that you want to, like the area that you want to compete in, like once you get that, you start to get a little bit of traction, get a little bit of audience, you get backlinks, 
because other people are searching and they might come across your article and they'll link to it, right? Or they'll mention it or whatever. And then you get a little bit more domain authority and then you can go after the next keyword that was a little bit out of reach before and then the next one, the next one. And then over time, and it takes many, many years, you can start to really compete against the like high level sites, yeah. right? Now to go with that, there's also strategy of like, acquiring backlinks, right? And like some people are really aggressive about that. And that's something I should be more aggressive about, but I, you know, I'm not, <laughs> we haven't yeah. been, we, you know, it's something we're working on, but it, we haven't been um, historically, but I think that like, you know, to go back to what you were saying, it's like, you have to identify where do I want to compete? And then where are the holes that I can compete in realistically? Cause it's hard to go and just outrank everybody, at least in Google that we're talking about. It's hard to like go and outrank a high demand authority site but I can go and find a less competitive keyword rank there. And then it, it you know, you don't, you don't have, I guess what I'm, what I should say is like, you don't have to act on your entire plan all at once. Like you have to act yeah. where you can have success and then be patient to, and then act on another place. You, you can have success your over time. And then yeah. start your conquest. You're describing this. And I just made me start thinking of the game, like risk, like you get yeah, it's kind of like that. the map and then you just keep taking a piece and a little bit more. And then as you get stronger, you can take more and more. Um, and that's kind of what, what it sounded like to me. See, I say all that though. And it's like, that's all strategic and that's all great. But then like some people like on the social media side of things, like you can be that guy that's like skateboarding and he's got the, what is it? He's got the cranberry juice or whatever. You ever seen that one? It's like a famous TikTok where the guy's like skateboarding and he's like just vibing out and he's got his like cran apple juice or whatever, his ocean spray. And that like blew up and now he makes money doing that. <laughs> like, and there was no strategy involved, you know, but I think that that's more of a social media thing than a, than a YouTube, yeah. Google thing. I will say if you're listening to this and you're listening to Bobby and you're going like, holy crap, this is so much. I won't ever Sorry. be able to do this. No, no, no. I think this is good. I just, I want to give the caveat, like I want to give, or not caveat. I want to give the disclaimer that like, guys, go listen to our early Laptop Empires podcasts, yeah. right? Go listen to a blogging podcast from 2018 compared to now. You sound like a totally different person because you are a totally different person. I am a different person, yeah. You've, you've totally grown and learned and changed all these things. And so I just, I don't want you guys to think like, oh my gosh, I will never be able to be at that level because there was a day, there was a time when you would hit me up and be like, hey, I'm going to be gone for like three hours because I got to go to the coffee shop and bang out an article <laughs> and I have no idea what it's going to be about yet, but you know, I'll figure it out and I'll see you later. Like, yeah, very yeah. different. Very so different. you'll, gr you'll grow into your role. Um, finding that foothold. How do you find that? How do you find yeah, that? Pocket? I feel like you're trying to get me like closer and closer, like actionable. Um, no, I just, I'm, I'm, <laughs> what I'm trying to do, what I'm trying to do is like, what are the things people are going to ask when they're, when they're listening to this? And I think yeah. that is like, I think, you know, uh, that's why this is more interesting to me is like asking you because like you've lived this and through all of mm -hmm. the phases, but like, I mean, anybody uh, in my mind, like anybody in this industry, like that is in the digital marketing world or the content world can say like, yeah, you got to find your spot. That's why niching is so important. Right. But like, how do you find your foothold? Yeah, I think, well, I, I do think it comes from competitor research, like doing thorough competitor research, seeing what they're ranking for, realistically what you can rank for, create a list of those things that you think you can rank for. Mm -hmm. um, and then just acting on that plan. And you'll learn, it's like, you, you know, 
you'll learn as you go if what you create is going to work or not. Like, mm-hmm. um, one of the reasons, I mean, I, I kind of got fortunate in that, like the make money space in personal finance is, was a little bit softer, I guess, than a lot of the uh, mm-hmm. student loan or, um, investing, investing or things like that. Like they're just wasn't as, yeah. Yeah. And like side hustles and, and just as I've been kind of doing this, like side hustles and ways to make money online, like that kind of thing has really grown over time um, at kind of the right time for me. But, you know, I also had by doing the competitor research and by like, we had a bunch of content about student loans. We had a bunch of content, like I spent tons of time and tons of money and energy and all that kind of stuff, putting out content on every type of thing in personal finance. And then I had to kind of like readjust and go like, okay, well, what can we actually compete on and then narrow down? So, you know, I do think, but it's still like, it still kind of fits in my vision this entire time. I've just been like, how can I help people get more freedom and like, right. And all of that. But I did have to be a little bit flexible and like, okay, well, I can't be a investing site primarily. Like we have to be a make money site and that's how we get our foothold. So, but that came from competitor research and finding that hole in the market and going, oh, wait, we can actually compete on these keywords. Like there's not much competition here. Um, and then, so yeah, I mean, that's what it is. It's like really thoroughly checking out what other people are doing, getting content ideas from them, and then doing it in your own way. And I think that's really important because it, you can do competitor research and you can get keyword ideas. What doesn't work is like copying or almost copying the content. Cause you see that all the time in the blogging world. You see that in the YouTube world, you see that in TikTok. like yeah. you see people that copy. And I think like that just doesn't work from a Google perspective. You also piss off your competitors and like, it's really good to like know your competitors at some level if you can. Um, but also it's just people smell that stuff. They can sniff that stuff out now. Like uh, people are so much more sophisticated. I saw right. a, a TikTok uh, video of a guy doing a music video. He's this like weird looking, I shouldn't say that. That's not very nice. He's just, different looking dude, the uh, little white guy that he's, he's kind of TikTok famous for, ca- uh, for copying. It's either little baby or the baby. I'm not really sure, but he copies one of them. His voice sounds exactly like theirs. And so he blew up making the song that sounds like one of them. Uh, but now he's starting to create TikTok videos in this, in that are stylized, like somebody else that's already creating music <clears throat> on TikTok. And it's like, he's copying them. Right. And you look at the comments and people that are just random people are like, dude, you're copying this guy, dude, you're copying this guy. You suck. You know, like, so you can't do that. You know, it's like, you have to kind of find a way to make it your own too. Um, and attack it a little bit differently. And you learn that just by creating the content, but just all I'm saying is don't copy people like do the competitor research, get your keyword ideas, like do that hard work. And then like create content that you think is going to be super valuable and that you believe in, and then you'll probably be fine. Don't copy people, but also go read the book, steal like an artist and learn how to emulate people and how to get ideas that are proven, but then put your own spin on it. Like, yeah. You've talked about that book a lot. Yeah. Never read when it. You're, when you're, you should it take you like a, a day, <laughs> it's just, it yeah. but yeah. it's just like, it's this idea of like one of the best things you can do when you're starting out with anything is to emulate other people. Yeah. You don't copy them, but you see what's working and then you try to make your derivative work of that. And so, you know, for like, I'll get a YouTube idea from people all the time and I'll, I'll think like if they have a video that's really big, then it's like, okay, what's the idea of that video? Why did it work? And then don't watch that video, (laughs) like go create your version of it. 
because if you watch the video, then it's in your head and then yeah. it's hard to develop your own idea. Right. And so like, that's, you know, kind of a, a big way to do it, but like, you don't learn what works unless you study what works and you try to yeah. emulate it. So there's like this fine line of like, you need to early on, you don't know what a good idea is. So you need to copy ideas without copying the work, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, um, I yeah. think that's big. A lot of people just I, probably don't read that book and just steal, you know, <laughs> like, I think well, I mean, a lot we of people do, just we, do we've that. seen that. We know people that do that. Yeah. And like, it, it Sucks, totally ruins man. your reputation and you got to remember that like you're online, everything you do, like you have a reputation, whether you create the reputation or you don't. And so you want to get out in front of like controlling your reputation and, and building that, like, who am I, what do I stand for? And those kind of things. And so like build it the way that you want it to be. Don't just like do what other people are doing because you think it's going to get you to this audience size because you're going to ruin your reputation. People are going to start talking about you and they're, you know, the same. I had a conversation. I told you about this a while back. Like our buddy, Chris came out to me and was like, Hey, I'm thinking about investing in this person's program. Like, do you know anything about it? And I'm like, yeah, don't give that person your money. Yeah. Because that person yeah. had developed a reputation and like, I had seen some other programs. I knew of other experiences and like, I'm just helping my friend. I'm just telling my friend, you don't want to be that. Right. Yeah. So, um, I think the other thing with the pocket thing, I, I heard this with, uh, Vanessa Lau on, on YouTube. And she talked about how, when she was starting, she was like, I'm creating content for like these millennial people that are like trying to get out of their nine to five. And she would like talk about different, all these different topics. And then eventually it was like the thing that blew up for me on YouTube was Instagram, like her Instagram content yeah. blew up. And so she went, okay, that's working. I'm going to create more of that. And so she started creating more of that. And like, that was how she got her foothold. And then she yeah. expanded to other things. And now she's got all of these topics that she's known for, but it was, she tried different things. And then it was like, here's what I can talk about, what I like talking about and trying to do the keyword research. But then once you found the thing that blew up, leaning into that, knowing yeah. that you can then grow conquest from there. Um, I think the last thing, cause we've had a lot with this, like, um, how do you stay consistent as a creator? So I think that's a big thing that a lot of people deal with. I know for me, just since I started my channel, I looked at this the other day because I, I'm a big believer in like, you have to kind of like slap yourself in the face with reality and with numbers mm -hmm. and things to like make change. Like if you think you have too much to do and you just like wand off, wander off and ignore your to-do list, or if you know finances are tight, but you're not looking at it, you're not looking at your bank account and you're just pretending that problem doesn't exist. You'll never overcome it. Right. Yeah. But when you look at it, things change. And so one of the things I knew was like, I have not been posting consistently because of life and other priorities and how I've put it in my priorities. And, but I was like, I wonder how many opportunities I've missed. And so mm -hmm. I went and looked at it and I'd posted at the time, uh, I think 15 or 16 videos on the channel. And I had had, I think it was, I'd posted 16 and I'd had 26 opportunities to post. So at yeah. a once a week pace, I'd let six months pass and I'd only done 16. I'd missed 10 opportunities. That's big because those 10 opportunities were 10 chances for a video to pop off, 10 chances to get better at the craft, 10 chances to figure out what works and what doesn't. Right. And yeah. so I had to go and I just wrote, found the first video. And then I wrote every week, like the whole way down. And then I checked the ones that I had the video and I counted up how many I missed. And I went, wow, that's way worse than I thought it was, but I needed to do that for myself to 
you know, go, Hey, <laughs> this is how much I missed out on. I need to not do that. I need to make yeah. sure that that doesn't happen. And that this next six months I get 26 out of 26 or, you know, whatever the goal is. But so that's hard, even when you've been in business, as long as we have and know the importance of it. So what's your recommendation for creators? Like trying to stay consistent, trying to produce consistently. Yeah. I, it's funny. Cause I'm not, I'm not that great at being consistent, creating content, but honestly, like these days I don't create much content. Like, well, I'm going to need you to go people. to the way back machine, right? Yeah, I know. Like, that's what I'm trying to think. Of. I'm trying to think through that. I think, and it's been a while. I know that's tough. It's been but. a while, but I, I think, I think people, well, one, I think people are kind of built. Everybody's built a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. um, I know like for me, especially when it was just me, like I have kind of an obsessive personality about some things, but not all things like, right. It, but I knew like I would, I posted very consistently like I create, I went back and looked because we deleted a bunch of this, this content. Um, but I created like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of blog posts. Um, part of it was because I was like kind of obsessed with doing it. Um, but I think the other part of it was that I put a lot of pressure on myself to do well. And I think that you do have to do that. Like I quit my job to do it. Like I, I put like probably the ultimate amount of pressure of like, you have to go yeah. do something, be successful. And so I was very, very consistent and I wrote a ton of stuff and at every single day, like, I felt like I could never miss a post, even though like looking back, like that's, that wasn't true. But like, I think that you have to, for, for me, like I have to have a lot of pressure on myself to where I'll continue to do something and do it well. And it, I actually thrive in that. Like I actually enjoy that. I enjoy the challenge of like having that pressure on myself. So like, it's just transferred from back when I was just writing stuff to now I've, there's mouths to feed. Like I've got employees and those employees have their own goals. Like they, they want to get to certain places and they want, you know, they want to be compensated better. They want to help us get to the next level. So now it's like, I don't do as much content as I used to, but now I'm like in the business a lot and like in a good way. Yeah. yeah. I can't like, just stop you know, because you got these people that you, they kind of rely on you in a way to like, you know, continue going. And I think, but that's what it, it is for me. Like I have to have like this, like underlying kind of healthy level of pressure. Um, and, and so I kind of like naturally seek that out now, I guess, but some people yeah. are just like really good at being consistent. I don't know. Some people are wired different than me, you know? Yeah, no, I think that's important to figure out like what makes you tick. Cause I'm, I'm the same way. And I think that's like one of the hard things is like for me with doing this and you'll remember this when I said I started, I was like, I'm going to do this. I think I need to do this like long-term, you know, is, uh, but I was like, I'm also, I have other things, right? So yeah. it was like, I'm going to do this, but I'm not going to like push myself into burnout. Like I'm not going to let it do that, you know? And that's been part of it, right? Some of it's been. Yeah. Like where I'm just like, Hey, I'm just not doing this this week. Right. Um, which I'm sure drives my editor up the wall. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, no, I think that's a really good, that's a really good point. And it's, you know, so like, I don't have that pressure for that because I feel that pressure more for, you know, to you or to my family or to our students, to my clients, right. To like, I feel more pressure on those things. And so I tend to place those things above it. Um, but that's also too, when you're a content creator, a lot of times, like you've got to figure out what that is that is going to motivate you because like you're playing a long-term game. Like that's yeah. a big difference of being a content creator versus other things you can do online is that like you're doing this to build something that can really be something eventually versus yeah. like, oh, I'm going to go find a product and create a Shopify store and try and sell this thing. And it's just about making that money now. 
And it's not necessarily about building something for the future. Whereas like when you're building a blog, a YouTube, a podcast or whatever, social media, like you're building for the future. Like you're, yeah. you're not, you're not creating a piece of content that's going to pay you today. You're creating a piece, a piece of content that creates the opportunity for you to be paid tomorrow. Yeah. So cool. I don't know, man. Yeah. That's tough. It was, it was an interesting conversation. <laughs> not at all the direction I thought that was going to go. It was, uh, yeah. but I think it was a, it was a fun conversation. Hopefully everybody enjoys this. So yeah. um, guys, please do us a favor, subscribe on YouTube. I think that's the big thing. You can subscribe please. on all the podcast platforms as well, but with us taking this to a video podcast, like please subscribe that way you don't miss, you don't, you see these. Um, and to see the other material we, we record, maybe you don't have the opportunity to see all of this, but as we put it into snippets and those kind of things. So please subscribe, please share it with your friends and, uh, you know, let us know in the comments, like your thoughts, like, do you agree with things that we said, disagree? Is there anything that was confusing? Anything you want to know more about? Because you know, I talked earlier about like, how do you come up with content ideas? Like at the end of the day, like we're, we're creating this for y'all, like, yeah. you know, we're trying to pass along all the things that we've learned that way. The person that is us from 2015, um, can have, you know, get to where we're at faster than we did. So let us know what you want. Let us know what you need. Bobby, you got anything? Nope. All right, guys. See you next time. You've been listening to the laptop empires podcast with Mike Yonda and Bobby Hoyt. For more information and the resources mentioned in this episode, go to laptopempires.com forward slash podcast. We out.